Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Kane Explains. Today we are just three and I am joined by one Dan today. Hello, Dan S. And Adam. Hello. And of course I'm Matt. So, we're going to start off with something just a quick ting, really. So, would you rather fly or teleport? Or be able to fly or be able to teleport? Oh, Jesus. That is a very good question, that. Yes, it is. Wow. That's well, I'm asking. <laughs> when you're flying, you get to see more of the world. But when you're teleporting, you're like, you're missing out on so much. When... And it's like an instant good time travel, really. Okay, when I, when I said fly, what did you think I meant by that? Did you, did you think I, just... I meant like in a plane? No. Like Superman. Yeah, Superman. Okay. So, yeah, which would you rather? Well, flying in an airplane is like just being nearly claustrophobic and then not seeing anything just outside of your, uh, your, your window of an airplane. I can never see anything in the airplane because someone always sits next to it and obscures it, Dad. Every time. <laughs> but my question is, what is the parameter of this flight? Are we a slave to the laws of physics? Are you going to get really cold and wet if you're flying really high up? Or are we kind of like super powered? Um... Let's, for simplicity, let's say... It's all cushy. It's all good. Yeah, okay. But I would love to fly in the sky like a Superman. I wish I could fly. Sorry, it's a, it's a very old do song. Do you have something you want to say? No, it's just a really old song that you so, remind me of. <laughs> do, you, do you wish you could fly? I wish I could fly, yeah. It would be very good. Do you wish you could touch the sky? It'd be, for touching a bear cloud in my bare hands, that would be cool, but I, I doubt that you can probably touch a cloud up in that sky. Do you it think would be very cold and do wet. You, do you think about it every night and day? Not really, because I have better things to do down on the surface when all the world is surrounding you. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Actually, quite poetic. See, I've got... That is very poetic. I've, got, I've really got someone to say about this, because... You've teleported before and you didn't... No, 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 no. I know I, I tell some surprising stories, but I have, oddly enough, not teleported. You know about my constant existential fears, right? Now, from what I've heard from more intelligent people than myself and read on the odd crappy article, it seems that when you teleport, you die and are then cloned at the other side, which, to all intents and purposes, you don't know, you're all the same, but imagine a world where whenever you want to transport yourself... You die, and so does everyone else. That is really, really terrifying. That's I, I agree, but also that could just not be the case in this thing. I mean, if we said it not be, you're ripped to bits and chucked we, across the world. If we've said everything's cushy with the flying, you can't just you know turn up elsewhere. Wait, if uh, I knew categorically, um, I wouldn't be killed yeah, every okay, time in this, I teleport. In this instance, you won't be killed. Then teleport. H hang on a minute, teleporting. I see a very dangerous side of that. All right, well, which is what? Doesn't your skeleton show if you're just about to teleport? No one has. What does that? What? What? It's like as you're about to like you know jump. Well, not exactly jump. You're just like teleporting, but it's like you're jumping at the same time. And it's like as you fade away, like some of your skeleton part just uh, shows. It's like in that film X Men Origins Wolverine when uh you know Johnny's like you know fighting Sabretooth and then he catches him by the spine. Are you talking about, like, in a cartoon, when a character gets electrocuted and you can kind of see their bones through their skin? Is that what you're talking about? That's what could happen, yeah. What, if sorry, if, what if a time travel teleporter is not careful. No, okay, right, you don't have a teleporter, it doesn't, like, break you apart and reconstitute you, you just, you, you just arm magically yeah, somewhere else. magic, just imagine right. it's magic. I, I was just curious, really, because, like... You know we don't have the power to actually do that for so you. So there's no time we, machine. We have no answers. Like, <laughs> yeah, if a teleporter, it will just... See your bones or, or uh, your skeleton. Right. Um, I would rather teleport because it's just quicker. There is that. There's just that. I mean, flying is cool, but then what if, like, you know, what if you get caught by the government or something? Like, you can fly. You, you can teleport out of there if the government catch you. 
you know. You don't want to be violating any airspace. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So being I think I think I'm going to tell you. It's cool, and also my I like I'd like to go places, but I don't like doing the going there bit as well. Like I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, this. Like you know, all like, a ton of gigs I want to go to are in London, which is fine, and I'll go. But I don't want to do the going to London part. Do you not, I want to. Do not trust the government because they'll probably try to create a replica at your uh, you know superhero flying capabilities or something. I mean, this is a whole other conversation, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, so which which did you say you'd prefer, Dan? Knowing that you won't if, die if you if teleport. I'm, if it's not going to confirm all my worst existential fears, I'll take teleportation. Okay. Why? Just because it's obviously better and quicker. Yeah. And Adam, because you said you like traveling, you you go places. You know, you went to Cleethorpes once, so. No, it's actually Las Vegas. What I mean, it? have you been to Cleethorpes though? Yes, it's where my grandma lives. So I was right. You've been to Cleethorpes before. Yeah. Okay, so, but you like travelling, yeah? Oh shit, I think I'll just reveal where my grandma lives. Oh no, everyone's no. going to come and attack your grandma. Dark's his grandma! Shut up, Dan! Oh, you, you don't want us to hear you say that. It's, I think she'll know that I'm joking. It's a, it's a cack, it's a top cack. Okay, so you'd, you'd rather fly? Okay, you'd, okay there's two but, teleports. But you only said one, didn't you? You can only have one. Yeah, that's a would you rather. If you could say both, it'd be pointless, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would like to fly, so. There you go. There you go, alright, cool. Okay, so uh, that was that quick segment sort of over. <laughs> um, right, so uh, Adam, you've got a, a thing, uh, an item for the show, something that annoys you. Talk to us about that. I do. Well, what really annoys me is what critics say about movies. And in relation to that, like, well, I'll pretty much say, oh, screw the critics of what they say about films. I'm like, look, just fuck off whatever you're talking about. And Are just you saying they're not entitled to their opinion? Because that's your opinion. I'm just saying, no, no, no. I don't want the critics to be like, you know, oh, like, we don't need the critics anymore. Let's just push them out of the way. We don't need them anymore. Okay. Was there a time we needed critics, in your in your opinion? Do you mean just about films or in general? Yeah. Just in general, really. Not just oh, about you films. Think, you think nothing needs critics? No, no. I think a lot of things do need critics because it helps, like you know, the world expand on what they learnt from their original uh, concepts. Really, Dan asked you whether or not you just want there to be no critics for films or for anything, and you said for everything, really. Well, not every film. I, I think that the uh, the film is bad or good or not. So then that would be your critique of it. So well, it's just if it's a a film that I'm really looking forward to, then it depends if I agree with the critics or not. But that's literally the nature of it. So you're saying you get annoyed if you don't agree with them, basically. Well, if they don't like the movie, then I get pretty annoyed if I like the movie. But why? I mean, think about it from their perspective. I know, it's it's very confusing, isn't it? No, it isn't. complicated. But, But here's the thing. So you're saying... So, a critic, essentially, let's say Mark Commode from, from BBC Radio. I like him, all right? I knew you were going to bring him up. Um, and, he, and he goes, I thought... Uh, what's his film that's come out recently? So he's, okay, let's say you really enjoyed Solo, and he goes, well, I didn't enjoy Solo because of this, this, and this. I thought it was okay. Right, but... No, what, we're not asking for your actual opinion of Solo. Right, what I'm saying is, if, if you said, oh, I thought Solo was a 10 out of 10, and he goes, no, I don't know, like it. it's like a 2 out of 10 because of these reasons... Do you want him, that critic, to not have that opinion because he disagrees with you? Do you understand what we're getting at? Yeah, of course I do. You just like asking me if I agree with this guy or not about no, what he's No, 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 it's not about Mark Mode. <laughs> so, okay, what we're essentially saying is, do the critics annoy you because they're voicing their opinion, or because they're annoying and you don't agree with them? 
Ah, oh, they're annoying and I don't agree with them. Okay, why are they annoying? Because because there certainly is something to be said for... Well, I know um, it's because they expect more from a story or anything like that. Okay, but to that point, why don't you expect more of a story in that particular case? But, I mean, there is an argument to be made against people who do reviews and criticism, because it's like... Uh, right. I think Stanley Kubrick said it best. He said it could take two years to make a film and two minutes to tear it apart, right? And... That's certainly true. The, the person doing the criticising has not been involved in the film generally, so ki I mean, kind of who are they to, to tear it apart? But at the same time, as an art... Well, let me tell you... As an art product, I guess, you know, be it a film or a, a, an album or a painting, if you put something out there, is it not right of you and of anyone, really, to have an opinion on that thing? Well, I think it is alright. So, okay, what about other people, you know, like people in your day-to-day -day life? Let's say you saw Transformers, you know, 5, and you went, oh, it's really good, and, and I say to you, ah, oh, I don't think it was good because of this, this, and this. Does that annoy you? No, because it was a crap film. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> can, can I Can I weigh in? Yeah. See, I, I can easily play devil's advocate on this, because I agree with you, I find a lot of critics not only annoying, but quite repellent. Because... They're often not in, in touch with the average... I can tell you a little bit of backstory to it. It's because they're not the ones who are on set of the film. I just said that. See, I, I don't agree with that as being a, a valid reason to be annoyed, saying, oh, you weren't there, so you can't criticise it. That's like us saying, we can't weigh in on, say, saying, the Holocaust is bad because we weren't there. What, what can we say about it? it? It's whether or not your opinion is valid. And I do get, I do understand why you can be annoyed with them because it doesn't just stretch to professional critics. For example, the film Arrival. Do we, have you seen it? Yeah. The aliens and oh, the, the linguistics. Really and good. Yeah. See, I thought it was great as well. But I showed it to a very good friend of mine and his family. It's James, whose birthday is today, by the way. Happy birthday, James. Even though you won't be hearing this on the day. I got annoyed with the reasons for which he didn't enjoy Arrival because he was just kind of tearing down like a, a scientific principle. And he goes, no, I, I don't agree that you could possibly, you know, see the see time differently, therefore I think it's a bad film. And it annoyed me because, not because he had an opinion, but because I don't think he was looking at the right element of it. Is, okay. And is that how you feel in general? Would you rather people didn't have their opinion, or do you criticise them for criticising something on the wrong grounds? I criticise them for criticising the wrong grounds. Okay, okay that's so, okay, so what's a film that you really liked, but perhaps critics didn't? And what annoys you about the difference, that the, the gap between those two opinions? Well, I can say one of the films that I was most excited about uh, earlier on this year was Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Okay. okay. Well, I was just really excited because after watching the first two films, I got into the story quite well and I read the books. And, well, well, the film, it was very different compared to the book for what I thought. And it probably certainly was longer and all. But, um, well, from what I remember in the book... Um, it was like some sort of like, you know, um, portal, like probably a time travel portal, teleporting or something. I can't remember, but it's been a while since I read the book. It got a um, a good similar rating to the first um, film, and I thought... And was that rated highly? Did people like that? Yeah. Well, the audiences, they liked the film, but critics, they thought it was alright. Okay, so just to that end, because critics are a part of the audience, remember the... I know that, yeah. What do you understand a critic's job to be? They just share their opinions of the movies and then anything like that, and then hopefully um, any kind of person can develop from that kind of um, abstract, really. Which I that that to me sounds correct. It's just because I want to get to the thing of any critic. They want the film to be good. 
Oh yeah. You know that like if say well they example, just give them suggestions and ideas and then well just like you know well it's well it's not like they question their abilities of uh, how they work. I mean this is not just about film; it's about anything like that. They just hopefully make them realise that it wasn't as good enough as they thought it was and then that way they can just develop into more priority into that. Okay, I'm that's not, a long not quite sure what you mean. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you said cr- critics annoy you because essentially they dis- they sometimes dislike things that you do like. But yeah. remember, they want to enjoy it as well. They're not going, oh, mm, I can't wait well, for, to, to hate it, you know. Audiences don't have that kind of, like... Oh, I re- really want this film to be good. Like audiences like want the film to be good. They're paying fifteen pounds well, a pop to go to the cinema. They it better be good. Are the critics know? paying for this t- type of? No, the, crit- the like official critics don't pay. Let me give you an example of this. We went to see the Star Wars film, uh, the Last Jedi, was it October, something like that. And I wanted it to be good. I really want it to be good. All the trailers looked fantastic, and I came out of it thinking it was shit and I was you you remember I was really really upset because I felt I'd been lied to and it was just cheap and it, it, it was upsetting that I've that they're saying that you know this is something that you've always thought was brilliant but now it's shit and tough yeah you pretty Do you much understand? you pretty much wasted your 15 pounds on a well, student I mean, ticket it, it, it while, was... while the popcorn just scrambles to your floor and then you go on the floor like whining as hell why you thought this film was just so painfully not very good <laughs> I, I did want to be on the floor. Bit, yeah. I was so upset. I went and had a KFC. Yeah. All oh, right. So KFC is a good match after like but, your little. But what's what's your central gripe with critics? Because it just sounds like you don't like people when they disagree with you. Yeah. Deutschland, Deutschland. <laughs> All right. Be quiet. <laughs> Say that question again. What is your central central issue with critics? Because we're just trying to understand where you're coming from with this, but it just kind of sounds like you don't like that sometimes they disagree with you, even I though mean, even though yeah. it could be said that actually they're perhaps a bit more informed about films and the art form than you or I or any of us. So perhaps they know what they're on about, and shouldn't we listen? To it is kind of um, complicated to explain, because it's like different from uh, you know real world um, situations. Because films are just make believe, because it's just storytelling and all that. Well, we're critics. Like some, sometimes I do agree uh, from their behalf of what I f- think the film is and all. Okay, let's let's take it away from films for a minute. Let's say there's yeah. a song you really like. Yeah. And then a critic, like a professional critic who knows music and has been in the industry in some capacity for the past, say, 20, 30 years, and they go, I think this song is bad because duh, duh, and duh. How does, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like I think that music needs to be expanded on with, like, I don't know, having a good sense of, like, you know, genre and mix to it, if that makes sense. It doesn't. <laughs> um, okay, fine. That's like everyday chat. I know that. <laughs> okay. So let's say... Yeah. Everyone knows the Brexit negotiations are happening at the moment. You, you know about that, right? The Brexit? Yeah, I think I uh, saw a little title heading for that. Okay. What do you understand Brexit to be? Uh, pass. So you don't know what Brexit is? I don't read politics, mate, so... But, but you... Right, okay. Hey, I've uh, heard, I heard about okay, it, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch football, but I know that England recently beat Panama and that Germany are no longer in the game. But you don't need to be in the thing to know about the thing, right? Okay. Do you not know what Brexit is? Is Brexit something to do with, I don't know, countries at this moment? It's one Go very on. specific country, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Okay, you don't know what Brexit is. That's fine. Um, I said I said country, so I was near getting the right end of the stick. Sort of. Okay, you don't, okay. Let's tell. Uh, go go forward with your example, Dan. If we take your idea of it's annoying when people disagree with you and they shouldn't do it to a different arena than film. Let's say Trump lately or his administration have been very famously or infamously separating immigrant kids from their parents and putting them in cages. That's a real thing that's happening. It's Jesus. ridiculous, but yeah. Now, Trump probably feels the same way as you do about films. He probably hates when people disagree with him and thinks they shouldn't be allowed to do it. Do you understand why that would be a bad thing and it's a concerning attitude to have? Yeah, because you just went from, like, immigration to film. Right, but, but the, 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 cent the central thesis is the same, because you're saying you don't like it when critics disagree with you, or at least that's my read of the situation, or when you disagree with critics, I guess. But Dan's saying that if, let's say, a politician proposes something that is unpopular and people criticise that, and that politician doesn't like people criticising that, is that politician in the right to be against people who are against him? For politicians, I'd say... Um, it's kind of a war, isn't it, really? Um, I mean, hopefully not. Okay, well, but... well, it's a conflict, not a war, because war is, like, very... Yeah, that's very... It's like a big hate, really. I mean, the, 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 very it's the biggest hate. Um, okay, tell you what, let me let me let me speak with with Dan about this. So, choose a very difficult topic tonight. You, it's not. It's not. It difficult. wasn't. But I think we've all made it much more complex than okay, it needs well, to be. Let's, yes, let's bring it back down then. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Dan, we went and saw the Last Jedi. You thought it was bad. We all thought it was bad. But if you see a critic, uh, you listen to a critic, and he goes, "Oh, it was really good because of this, this, and this." How does that make you feel? Do you go, "Oh, I hate that because they screwed with me," or do you go? What, what have we done to something, maybe? Are you open to the idea of someone having... Incidentally, I did watch a video about this um, recently. It was someone saying that all oh, The Last of Us is actually a really good film for these and these reasons. I can't remember what they are. And the, the fact that you watched the video but means thought, that you okay, wanted to... I thought it was shit, but maybe I could watch it again looking for these things. However, in my opinion, the cons way outnumber the pros. But you went into that kind of open to other opinions you like you wanted to be kind of saved from your negativity in a way right yeah because i don't want it to be shit yeah it was fan theories that's why i read it no, it was bad fan fiction is what it was yeah and that's why everyone didn't like it because the uh it, it wasn't answered from the uh, fan theories there certainly is that element the, to it yeah yeah um but i don't i'm not being a total geek out of that, I, that's just what I heard the rumours of. So. What? Uh, we'll, we'll ask you one more question before we move on to the next really interesting topic. You, you've mentioned a couple of times, oh, I'm not, I'm not a geek, I'm not a geek about that. What is geekishness to you? How do you let's say someone says, Oi, Adam, you're a geek. How does that make you feel? And actually, I'll puzzle that to you as well, Dan, after. Oh, wow. So if someone says you're a geek, how, what, do you, what, what do you understand that to mean? It's like when you're just focused on one one thing only. No, I'd say that's more of an anorak. Yeah, more of a nerdish thing. Yeah. An anorak? Okay. Don't, don't worry, that's an old-fashioned term. What did I tell you about going to more complex words? Anorak just means a jacket, but... Yeah, I mean, do, do you ever... Do you ever... Because you, you, you're right, you have said that before, you know, what, about going into more complex words, as you put it. Have you ever wanted to maybe learn more stuff so then you wouldn't be confused by what we say, but in fact know what we're saying? Yeah, it would be quite possible uh, to learn more if I could. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's all about reading books. Or Not necessarily. No, I mean, when was the last time you read a book? It has been like, a disgustingly long time. Mm. Yeah, for me as well, it has. What? 
I think you probably, if you've read The Maze Runner, you've probably read a book more recently than I have. <laughs> oh my god, um... I mean, the last book I read was like 1984 or something. Were you even alive then? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, that was like... hanging free, it was That's like, ten years later, you were born, Matt. <laughs> I was born in 1993, but thanks, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, uh, that was just an interesting aside. We've only got a couple of minutes left on the show, so... Uh, let's just round this off with Dan, your bit. Yeah, so I thought we could introduce a new segment to Kane Explains, which is every episode, or every week I suppose it is, I'm going to pose a famous or meaningful quote to the table, and then I'd like us to talk about what it, what we think it means, how relevant it is, if it's right, etc, etc. Spread the magic then. That was a lovely way of putting it. So, there's a very famous quote, which I thought we'd start off with. Hopefully no one doesn't know what this is. Do you know the quote, I think, therefore I am? Have you heard of that? I don't know, actually. Uh, perhaps that's more interesting, though. That, that sounds like more like everyday chat. I would be very surprised if someone just off the cuff was like, I think, therefore I am. <laughs> there's, there's probably many lines like that, I guarantee you that, Dan. So, so oh, there are, you can hear them over the next few weeks. So just to be clear, yeah. you've not heard the phrase, I think, therefore I am, before? I think I have, but you... it just it does sound familiar, but... Maybe, please do expand on what it means. Well, before we go into what it really means, what do you understand that phrase to mean? So if someone, if, if you read, I th uh, so René Descartes, yeah, who is sorry, a French, French philosopher, yeah, yeah. who said, I think therefore I am, or cogito ergo sum, what do you understand that to mean? I think therefore I am. It means you're talking about yourself being. Okay. Fundamentally, yeah. Yeah, all right, so Dan, you want to tell us a bit more about this, this yeah, famous quote? I, I, um, you remember I spoke about existential terror, talking about the teleportation earlier? Yeah. So I think it's a very general human concern or fear, isn't it, to think, who am I? What's my place in the universe? We've got lots of literature and film. Okay, let's talk about films to do with this. The Matrix would be the most famous one, where it's talking about what's real, what isn't real, what exists, what doesn't. So, you know, you have the, the real world, and then you have the Matrix computer world, right? Jesus Christ, this is like now amnesia. As in The Dark Descent, or as in You Don't Remember Things? Yeah, because therefore I am. That's what it sounds like to me, amnesia. No, no, it's nothing to do with amnesia. It did, that's, nothing to do with amnesia. It, that's just what it sounds like to me. <laughs> no, it's, it's not an abbreviation, it just is, I think, therefore I am. And it, it like I said, it, it speaks to something that I think a lot of people would really wonder, particularly when, you know, maybe in like the darkest hours of the night, if you can't sleep, or if you get diagnosed with an illness. I don't know, some of that you think, oh, if, if it's, like you might die, you think, What's life? What am I? Who am I? Kind of, what's the point? Yeah, I and do. I do get where you're going because, yeah, therefore I am is talking about just yourself. Do you know what? That that's right. I think it. For me, it, it seems like it's meant to be kind of reassuring, in a way. So th th this man, uh, Rene Descartes, I can't do French pronunciations. Apologies. He he was probably like me, or quite like quite a lot of like more arty farty people like ourselves have this thought of like oh god am i real and uh, what is real what's the point what's going on and he probably said that looked in the mirror and thought oh what am i that hang on i'm thinking so i know i exist and that's basically the point of that really all you know is that you yourself exist which is which is solipsism that does make sense yeah i mean because the you know there are many existential questions like is it possible is it feasible that this your life isn't really happening it's just a brain in a jar and someone's you know sending electronic impulses in it to simulate 
uh, your understanding of the world, uh, which could be true, and it is the central Westworld question. You know, if you or the Matrix, or the Matrix, if you think you're a person, if you think you're around, if you think you're alive, if you think you're doing stuff, that means you exist. I, I like what you said then. A brain in the jar. <laughs> what, what about what is it about that that I you think like? He just thinks it's a funny idea. Yeah, that that's just why I found. I think it's a funny idea. I'm not expanding on it, Matt. That's no, but the, the whole point is that we we want you to expand on on this thought. Does um, does it does it resonate you to, with you? Does it mean anything to you? I think, therefore, I am. Do you ever question the nature of your reality? It sounds like we're trying to get him into a cult. We're not. I promise, viewers, listeners. Wow, Matt. Wow. I only want to. Just, I only just said. I think that's really interesting. What you said, a brain in the jar. <laughs> God, it's kind of like we're seeing you up now. We don't want to know about you anymore. What? You're sealing a brain up in the jar, and now you're just like storing it away, like you're saving it for another day. I'm not. No, like, I'm not talking about food. Like, God damn it. like some chicken. Oh my God, cannibalism. <laughs> when? Okay. How the fuck did you get onto cannibalism? I. I ju- okay. As. As... I like it though. I like it. Okay. And, okay. Fine. Cannibalism. No. No. What you said, brain in the jar. Okay. So you like the brain in the jar? Cool. We'll get you one of those Shit. for your birthday. Um. But okay. So as as a, an aspiring actor, writer, director, photographer, parkour person, as an aspiring writer, maybe director, is is a similar sort of thing myself. That are there times in your life, and certainly in our life, um, where we go, oh, what's the point? You know, am I even real? That sort of thing. Do you ever question whether or not any of this matters, and whether and the, whether or not you're real? I think, uh... <laughs> Are we going to trigger, like, a horrible existential crisis for Adam to, like... Well, what, what you said a million things then, I do... Yeah, I do think it does matter to me, and then, yeah, just influence upon that, really. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, though, we... That you... It's encouraging. You took something it's from en- it. It's encouragement. It is encouraging, yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with that, 100%. I have the courage to do it. To do what? To... You gave me courage. To do what? What you just said, like, parkour and, and etc. Okay, so would you say that you thinking you thinking about parkour is evidence that, uh, not just parkour, but your other aspiring talents, is evidence that you could do them in the future, and that you will do them in time? Exactly. Perseverance is one of my good words. Yeah, it is that, a good word. Would you say you have many good words and a very good brain? That yeah. may or may not be in a jar somewhere. Yeah. Okay, well, that... I, I didn't expect to, uh, you know, go deeper into Brain in the Jar, just saying, oh, yeah, really... That's I, the point I, of the segment. We're, we're, going, we're going deep, we're going all Yeah, I didn't expect hole. you to do that, Matt, but thank you for uh, challenging me, though. Well, thank the, you, Renee. Everything is, is always challenging. Um, but, okay, so that question was about the self, and now I'm going to ask you about yourselves, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So this is just a quick bit. That's okay. a good segue. Yeah. Um, so you've, have you heard of Inside the Actors Studio, either of you? Yep. Okay, it's a show hosted by James Lipton, who 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 talks to who does interviews with actors, and he asks them about themselves. You want to be an actor, so this is kind of a rite of passage in a way. So I'm going to ask you just it's it's, it's about thirty questions, but I'm only going to ask you a few of them. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to ask both of you. Keep it short. Maybe this ask like me first, so he can not feel insecure about his own. Uh, I'll, I'll look like a Wally first. This is like a voiceover can... voiceover audition now. It sort of yeah. Not really. Except for the um, camera. Right, so, uh, here goes the uh, the Proust, Pivo, Lipton questionnaire. What is your favourite curse word? I'm not sure I can say it. I mean, it's our own show. You, of course you can. No, because I'm, I'm aware of people who are listening, but it begins with C and ends in a T. Ah, yes. Okay, and Adam? 
Your favourite curse word. Curse word. Yes. As in a rude, sweary word. All these questions are designed to find out something about you, you know? Yeah. Okay. So a big swear word. Jesus. Not necessarily big. Just whatever. Mine was one syllable. Okay. Because I use them every day. I don't really have a favourite one. Okay. Let's give you a scenario. <laughs> you are walking through Costa and you hit your knee on a table. It hurts. What do you say straight away? Oh, fucking hell! There we go. Ow! There we go. So fuck is Adam's answer. Okay. <laughs> Probably mine as well because it's, it's so malleable. But so is my choice. Not really. I think you say it a lot of. It's not. Maybe um, my, my circle of friends would, are too comfortable with that kind of thing. And we're just horribly deviant and don't realise it. Maybe. Uh, yeah, F, F-U-C-K just sounds quite stronger than, you know, son of a bitch. <laughs> then are the options. <laughs> Un- unequivocally true. All right, question two. What quality do you most admire in a man? I think that's very difficult to pinpoint just one. Well, that's the nature Qualities of the in a man? Yeah. I suppose because it, you can extrapolate a lot of things from it. Honour. And I don't mean, like, medieval or shogun honour. <laughs> okay, Adam. Passion, respect. Okay. Passion is a good one. Okay, uh, mine would probably be uh, agreeableness, because I find that, that we, the chaps, are kind of almost more inclined to aggressively defend a position as well. And you get this normally in, you know, sometimes in, in older chaps who they're set in their ways and they're not open to... Looking at open-mindedness other. is a sign of intelligence for e- sure. Exactly yeah. that. Okay, what qualities do you most admire in a woman? I mean, I probably just say the same thing. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know why why it matters. It, I mean, I assume if we're talking platonically in general, right? yeah, yeah, honor, integrity. Okay, Adam, what what quality would, would you most admire in a woman? If she can be funny, that's yes, a good one as well. That's good because yeah. a lot of girls they can be quite good on the whole banter. Okay, and funny, yes, really, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be with Cat if she weren't smart or funny. So, so it's kind of and agreeable. All right. So, who do you most admire from history? This is probably a good one for you, Dan. I mean, we've kind of done this before, but this is just keeping it quick. I I think it's hard to say to be honest because everyone has their good and their their bad sides, such as our people. I'll just go very cliche, Winston Churchill. Okay. Who do you most admire from history, Adam? Amelia Earhart. Okay, because she's a good girl, yeah? Yep. Okay, uh, right, what... Hang on, what, who's yours? Oh, um... <laughs> Not Ned Stark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to yeah, skip that one. Yeah, straight to conclusions now. Um, God, I, I don't... I, I, I really don't know. Um, uh, I thought Dave Bowie was pretty good, so probably am. Um, he's had a lot of stuff, uh, I like a lot of stuff that I don't like, because, you know, people are, people are confusing. Alright, what in life do you dislike most? What is the one thing <laughs> that you see and you go, mm. Oh, or, I do or that here. with so many things. I know. <laughs> I'm constantly very angry. There is okay. no specific thing that I can say. But what is the one thing you, that really grinds your gears? It's really hard to just think of one, honestly. But some, some of them make, makes me stressed and angry is, I'd say driving. I, I hate driving. And FIFA. <laughs> the game, not necessarily, and the organisation as well, to be fair. Okay, Adam. I was about to say the same as you. What, FIFA? And driving. No, no, just, <laughs> no just driving. You okay. can't even drive yet. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, but when I do, it's like you have to be very, you have to anticipate well, because, like, think about it, drivers, they're just very reckless out there. And they're very stupid, which makes them assholes and dicks. 
I mean, we know like Team America. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry if I insulted any drivers out there. No, 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 no. I think they need it. But it is true. You need to man up and get that shit down. I'm sorry if I insulted you, but you're an asshole. That is that is Adam's advice on driving. All right, all right, spare me. Mine would probably be a willful lack of intellectual curiosity. Because you get people who like aggressively don't know something, but they also don't want to like know. proud of ignorance. <laughs> yeah, the you know the kind of people who say things. Well, I don't listen to experts because I I know all I need You're to know. You're a big Michael Gove fan, though. and it, and it's here in the one book I've ever read, kind of thing. Which is um, probably the Bible. Or yeah, um, and I think in in especially now, you know, we've got more information at our fingertips than we've ever had available before. So we've got our phones, uh, we've got, you know, internet and a ton of newspapers, more than there ever have been up to this point. All sorts of information, and yet people go, I'm still only going to listen to the one kind of perspective. And I think I'm right because... Tiny echo chambers. Exactly that. Um, so I do try and look outside that. And finally, would you rather have your dream job or be a multi-millionaire? It's kind of both, isn't oh, it? No, because if unless you your job is to be a millionaire. <laughs> Yeah, okay, because that's like uh, George and Melfort, because he became like a millionaire, didn't yeah, he? But his job wasn't being a millionaire. Yeah, okay. So my question is, would you rather have your dream job or be a multimillionaire and so therefore not have a job but just kind of be red? But it's just, in my opinion, like if you're going for your dream job, that is what is making you like a, a millionaire. Like, See, I, in addition I was going to gonna say something along those lines. They, they kind of, if it was my dream thing to do, it they both kind of facilitate each other. It rhymes together. Right, but let's like poetry. But what I mean is, in the instance where you're just a millionaire, you don't have a job, so you can. Whereas, if you have your dream job, you still got to work for the money. Actually, I didn't mean rhyme. I probably meant assemble. Hey, just all right. So I mean, I'd I'd probably go for the for dream job one because. I mean, in my dream job, I probably wouldn't be a millionaire, but I'd enjoy it. What would your dream job be that wouldn't see you being a millionaire? Uh, I know it's not like very ambitious, but I think doing doing the events, organising things, Matt, I can't I do just, now. Um, bigger. Say something. If you're a millionaire, then if you don't do a lot of your money, then you just send it a lot to charity, don't you? To be fair, one million isn't that much, really. Especially you're you're 22. We're both um, 21, mate. Are you 21 then? I hate you. We're both mid-twenties. That wouldn't really see you for the rest of your life, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, did... did I mean, I did uh, say a multi-millionaire. Did age oh, really did matter by oh, okay. saying that? Come on. It, it, it was part of... I think, I think I'd choose a dream job one. And which did, would you choose, Adam? Christ. And also, what would your dream job be? Well, entertainment. Okay, that's... So you'd be a movie star, essentially. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Adam's dream job is movie star. Alright, but my, if, if I had my dream job, I'd be Captain England right now. Because millionaire involves desk jobs, really. I. Not necessarily. But yeah, not necessarily that. That's just in my opinion. It involves a desk job, and then that means that you, you, you pick up the pieces, and then that way you do even more. I don't know. God. Which makes you become a millionaire, really. I think many desk, uh, desk job workers would disagree with you. Do you know anybody who works a desk job that's a millionaire? Donald Trump. Okay, fair enough. Because he became a millionaire because he did many desk jobs and now not he just made so, was, much, so mean, much money. Because his dad gave him a small loan. Not because his dad was a millionaire. You think Donald Trump became a millionaire because he worked at, like, the call centre? The what? Don't, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Should the we, call centre. Let's, let's wrap this motherfucker. So, that has been uh, Kane Explains. We've gone over a great many topics today. Strong covered a great syllables. many existential questions so we will be back another day 
for episode six, seven, seven. seven. Woo. We are really getting quite far into this show now. So we're gonna go. Thank you for listening. It's been it's been good. See you next time. Thank you so much.